Meteorological Monday, Science Wednesday, and Open Line Friday. There's only one place in the universe. Welcome to the Weather Jazz Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything. Weather, science, earth science, and periodically some interesting off-topic episodes as well. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bornier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode 270 for Wednesday, December 15, 2021. Well, it's no surprise that the severe weather outbreak of Friday night of December 10th certainly is the focus of a lot of weather study. And I have provided on weatherjazz.com episode number 270, a number of maps that show the one particular cell that really dragged a tornado complex, whether it was the exact same one from the same complex or from the same hook echo from the one supercell that went across and really started in northeast Arkansas and dragged through a four-state area. So it's being called the Quad State Tornado, and obviously this is going to be studied for some time. We're still waiting word on whether or not At any point in time, this tornado complex reached the F5 or the strongest of uh, tornado complexes, the strongest wind structure. And it certainly looks like this is a possible candidate for it. We'll have to wait and see. But for right now, the strongest uh, confirmed tornado in this complex was an EF3. There were eight of them, along with 12 EF2 tornadoes, 15 EF1 tornadoes reported, and 9 in the EF0, Ted Fujita scale. None in the EF4 or 5 yet. We'll have to wait and see until all of those confirmations come in. The total number of confirmed tornadoes up to this stage is 44. And at least initially, according to the Storm Prediction Center, 75 tornado reports came in that fateful Friday evening and Friday night. Again, if you'd like to see some of the maps that go along with this outbreak, you can go to weatherjazz.com, episode number 270, and you'll find a number of very informative maps that chronicle this event from start to finish. And you can click right on the individual frames themselves, the images, if you would like a close-up version that will fill a little more of your computer screen for those of you who have any interest in that. But obviously, the cleanup is going to be something that goes on for months and may even go on past a year. And so you're thinking to yourself, 
where does one begin? Well, there are a lot of fantastic, great organizations that are out there, boots on the ground, so to speak, that are helping people to start the process, A, of cleaning up and B, of rebuilding. But it is no surprise to the Weather Jazz audience that I am a man of faith. And so there are certain organizations that really stand out, not necessarily because of the work being done, but the motive behind the work. One such organization is Samaritan's Purse. And coming up after the break, I actually spoke with a representative, a person who is in Northeast Arkansas right now, today, organizing folks to begin the cleanup and also the rebuilding process. And so after the break, Clay Steele will join me and he will tell me what is going on and what makes Samaritan Purse maybe a little bit different from a lot of organizations that are indeed doing a lot of great work in this particular zone that was affected on Friday night. So hang tight. We'll be right back right after this break. Clay, thanks so much for joining us today on Weather Jazz. No problem. I'm glad I'm here. Thanks for wanting to hear our story and the story of the individuals from this uh, tornado. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, the very first thing I want to showcase for those that listen to Weather Jazz is the fact that there are a number of relief organizations already on the ground, boots on the ground, so to speak. But what makes Samaritan's Purse different compared to some of the others, which are all very good, but what differentiates you from the others? Um, we are a Christian aid organization, so that's one of the big components that we um, kind of stake our claim to is our faith. A lot of us mm-hmm. can go out and do the work and help people get back in their homes, but we go out with the mission of wanting to show people um, the love of Christ. Oftentimes you hear what the church is against. We want to be able to show what the church is for. And the church is for getting out there, loving on individuals, helping them get back in their homes. So that's one of the things that separates us from others. And then uh, we also, I like to personally claim that our volunteers are some of the best. Mm -hmm. Um, Without volunteers, we couldn't do the job. Right, And our leadership, they make me look good. They make us look good. So um, those would be the two big things for me is our volunteers are amazing. And then our faith is the guiding principle behind our mission. Well, Clay, I would like to ask you about those volunteers in just a moment. But the first thing I want to ask is ahead of any severe weather outbreak like this, is there any kind of planning that goes on ahead when you foresee that there's the potential for something big happening that you're already meeting or you're getting together? Is there any kind of that or is it all after the fact? No, we do a pre-planning, um, especially when you have like events like hurricanes mm-hmm. uh, where you see where they're coming. You kind of know where they're going. It's hard to do tornadoes just because they are so um, random at times. You don't know where they're going to land and some things like fires and stuff like that. But those that you can plan for, uh, we call local churches because we like to partner on the ground with local churches. 
So we'll call some of the local churches that we've worked with before or that have participated in other ministries of Samaritan's Purse and just let them know, hey, we're praying for you. Um, let us know how we can help you. And sometimes we have an idea of kind of where we're going to stay. Um, like with Hurricane Laura, when it hit uh, Lake Charles, we had a church uh, pre-identified as this is our go-to spot. But when we landed, the church had been pretty well damaged. So we had to pivot mm. and find a new mm-hmm. location. And so on an event like this, where there's a big tornado outbreak, um, we'll also call emergency managers and just say, hey, we're, we're here, we're available. Uh, let us know if you need us. All of the equipment here in Arkansas came out of our Dallas warehouse. So it's a lot quicker to get equipment out of Dallas now mm-hmm. uh, that we have that warehouse instead of coming over from the Carolinas. Yeah, we have a friend uh, who lives in the Bluffton, uh, Hilton Head area. And uh, during one of the recent uh, hurricanes that went by, they said that their church was essentially a, a pivot point for Samaritan's Purse. And uh, they just absolutely loved having you there, loved hosting you. And they said that you were absolutely phenomenal. So what is happening right now on the ground, uh, the areas that were affected beginning uh, where the tornadoes really had their genesis in northeast Arkansas and then going up northeast 250 miles or more. What's happening? Yes, sir. So we're here in uh, the northeast section. We're focusing in on three communities, the communities of Monette, Leachville, and Truman. Mm -hmm. Truman is the largest one. It's about 7,000 people. Um, But all three of these are rural farming communities, so they're very close-knit, very tight-knit communities. Um, And as you were saying, this is where the tornado first kind of touched down and then took off. And so we're here. We got here um, the afternoon of the next day. I think that was Saturday afternoon. We showed up and started doing some preliminary surveys to kind of see the damage. Mm -hmm. And now we've got uh, upwards of about 30 people on the field. Um, We've got a couple of skid steers going out in the communities because a lot of the homes here uh, were completely destroyed here in Truman where we're um, about 90% of our work is. Mm. And so today the team is out with a skid steer uh, tearing down a house, pushing it to the curb. And we've got one more team that's out just doing some chainsaw work. They're doing some tarping because this area is expecting some rain uh, this weekend. And so we want to get them dried in so that uh, they don't lose more than what they've already lost. I'd like to get to your your volunteers uh, because you mentioned you, you they make them they make you look good uh, essentially because the, the, <laughs> they're the muscles behind everything. Yes, sir. Well, who can uh, come into Samaritan's Purse and volunteer? Can anybody do that? Can somebody actually volunteer, whether it be short term or long term? Yes, sir. So we have two classifications of uh, volunteers. We have overnight, um, which is our primary uh, focus or primary group. We bring in people from all over the U.S. uh, And sometimes um, they even come from other parts of the world. We Mm -hmm. had some people from Poland that were staying in Florida when we were working in uh, southern Louisiana. And so they came over. So we claim those as international volunteers. Wow. 
Um, but we have a lot of overnighters. They come in from across the U.S. We provide um, a hot breakfast for them this morning. We had eggs and bacon and sausage, pancakes, grits, had a good hearty breakfast. And then we allow our volunteers to make lunch that are staying with us overnight, make a lunch, sack lunch, and they'll go out and work all day. And then they come back in the evening and there's a hot shower and then a a pretty big supper for them. Mm. And then they sleep in the churches that we partner with on air mattresses. Mm -hmm. Um, For those of your listeners that are familiar, I call it adult summer camp. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It kind of has that feel to it. Mm -hmm. And so that's one class of our volunteers. And then our other side is our day volunteers. And those are the people that live in the community or drive from an hour or two away and just want to help out that day and then go back home. Mm -hmm. And so those make up both of our groups. And you get a wide range of it. Uh, We allow anyone from 14 and older. If you're a minor, you need to have a parent parent or guardian with you uh, and you're able to work. And then other than that, you're welcome to come. You don't have to have any specific skill set. I always do tell people I do uh, demo work because I can't read a tape measure and do the rebuild side of it. So it's a whole lot easier to swing a hammer and grab a tree branch than it is to frame out a house. Oh, without a doubt. Well, how does one go about doing that? As somebody has a heart to, to help out. They have a little extra time. How does one actually contact Samaritan's Purse to become a volunteer, whether it be dayside or whether it be in your overnight group? The easiest and the best way is to go to SamaritansPurse.org. And up on the bar, you'll see a tab that says volunteer. And then you can click on it and it'll take you through the process. And you can distinguish daytime or overnight. And if you go through the overnight, you do have to do a background check. And at this point in time with the COVID uh, still going on, you need to do a COVID test as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, as as I wrap up here with you today, I know you're a busy man and there, there's just so much to do. But how can our Weather Jazz audience that are that may be listening to this podcast, how can we pray for you very specifically? Um, you can pray for our volunteers that are working. Not only are we here in northeast Arkansas, we're also up in Kentucky, um, in Mayfield and Bowling Green serving up there, but we're also in Washington, the state of Washington, doing a flood up on the border Mm -hmm. with Canada. And we're still down in Southern Louisiana cleaning up um, from Hurricane Ida. So we're still in need of praying just for our volunteers for stamina. Uh, A lot of our team leads have been going since Hurricane Ida. And so they'll come volunteer a couple of weeks with us, go home for a week or two and then come back. And they've been doing that for a couple of months now. And then really just pray for the homeowners that are on the field. Um, with it being Christmas season, that adds in a whole new level mm. of angst for a lot of these homeowners. While a lot of us um, are back home thinking of Christmas parties and what we're going to eat on Christmas and the joy of giving gifts to friends and family. A lot of these homeowners are trying to figure out where we're going to be living, uh, not just tomorrow, but on Christmas Day. So praying for them, praying for opportunities to share that hope. Uh, We partner with the Billy Graham Rapid Response Team. And so they provide the emotional and spiritual care side of the equation, whereas we do the physical work and 
some of the emotional and spiritual mm-hmm. care, they're able to take it a little bit deeper. Uh, I saw Franklin Graham do an interview on Fox News recently within the last couple of days. And uh, one of the things that really impressed me uh, and one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on Weather Jazz is to showcase, first of all, and first and foremost, when you have a job to do, you won't leave that community in a week after a photo op. You're going to stay there until the job is finished. And you mentioned the flooding in Washington. You mentioned the, the damages from Ida. That that was quite a bit ago, but you're still there. And uh, from what I understand, you won't go in, until the job is done, which is very commendable and very uh, it's heartwarming. It's heartwarming to see that uh, that, that you're going to be there. So uh, anybody who is listening to us, go to SamaritansPurse.org. If you are interested in um, lending a hand, you have uh, a few extra days uh, or whatever it might be, or if you're in the area and you want to help out during the day, you can do that too. So, uh, Clay, thank you very much for joining us today. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we let you go? No, sir. Just want to say thank you for getting the story out. All right, Clay. God bless you. And uh, again, our prayers are with you and know that our Weather Jazz uh, audience is doing the same. Well, thank you. Y'all have a good day. Definitely a very timely episode. And we want to thank Samaritan's Purse and Clay Steele who is down in Northeast Arkansas right now, boots on the ground, helping to make a big difference in the lives of so many people that were affected by this particular system, what is being called the Quad State Tornado. Well, I hope you got something out of today's episode. I certainly did. It is always encouraging to know that there are all kinds of people Great people with great hearts that are looking to do good. The late Fred Rogers from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood often pointed to those people that were trying to help out and trying to do good instead of focusing on some of the negative aspects of living in a fallen world. And that indeed is great advice. For those of you that watch WJW Fox 8 or from Northeast Ohio that tune in, you may have noticed I am on vacation this week, but I did want to make a couple of interesting episodes available to you this week right here on Weather Jazz. I'm hoping to have a good Open Line Friday episode for you as well, so make sure that you are subscribed. That way, you will never miss an episode, whatever podcast app you are using, or you can simply go to weatherjazz.com to listen to every single episode on your home computer. Do you have a question or topic suggestion? I welcome your input. You can reach me two ways, weatherjazz at yahoo.com, or you can leave me a message on the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line. It's been kind of silent lately, so if you just want to wish me a Merry Christmas, I love that idea too. Give me a call, 234-525-5888. All right, everybody, we're going to catch you on Friday. Open line Friday right here on Weather Jazz. See you then. Weather and science across the globe.